Bones FM podcast, special edition. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to part two of the interview with Dr. Lee Merritt. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And this is part two tonight of the interview with Dr. Lee Merritt. This is a very interesting piece here. There's going to be a lot of discussions about maintaining the full body health, both physically and spiritually. Before we begin, make sure you are taking care of your sleep as well. And to do that, you need to make sure that we have the best products out there to sleep. And those come from MyPillow at MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. There's tremendous savings on pillows, sheets, mattresses, everything you need to have a great night's sleep. And the products are of exceptional quality. I've used them now regularly for almost two years. I don't get a better sleep than anywhere else than in my bed with a MyPillow full system. So head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Use your promo code Bards, B-A-R-D-S. Take advantage of the great savings for great products and you will have some of the best night's sleep you've ever had. And what a great time right now before Christmas to be buying pillows and sheets and so forth for gifts, especially if that family member happens to be of that more liberal mindset. So head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. Well, Patriots, tonight, instead of Fishers of Men, the normal, this is going to be, this is part two of the Bards FM interview with Dr. Lee Merritt, and that's going to be the case for the rest of the week. We're going to be having interviews for both shows all week long, and on Thursday and Friday, we're having a four-part series with Pastor Brad Cummings. So it's a lot of information out here this week, what I feel to be really important and prescient for our time, and especially with what we're facing in terms of the enemies rising and our need to stand up and be bold and fearless in, in his face. One thing before we start is to make sure and check out Dr. Lee Merritt's site. It's the medicalrebel.com, medicalrebel.com, or just type in Dr. Lee Merritt and you'll find it. All of the protocols that she's talking about are available for a free download on her site with all sorts of great information. And she has a, a store there, which you need to check out as well. So these things are referenced in tonight's interview, really important. They're also referenced lightly in last night's interview, but they're just fantastic protocols to go over and start to really understand the depth and the potential of what she's discussing. So without further ado, let's get to part two of the interview with Dr. Lee Merritt. So you have a protocol, which I was going over in detail last night, which is your parasite protocol. And, right. you know, I'm a huge fan of this approach that you've taken. Um, I believe it's kind of the, the keystone to health is understanding parasites. Let's talk a little bit about that bigger picture on the parasitic sure. approach to medicine and literally kind of dig into what this protocol is. Because this protocol, what I was looking at last night, you're using two primary drugs, which is 
alenia, which is uh, nitroxanide, and then you're using fenbenzanol, right? Yeah, fenbenzanol is like Panicure C. It's what you use to worm your horses, okay, or dogs, and, and or you whatever. You can get these actually on that cool Grant Pharmacy site as well. And yeah. then somewhere in there, do you include as well? Just so we kind of get this up front, do you do you use ivermectin as well? I don't, but I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just that I don't know. You see, some I, I'm more familiar with ivermectin as a as a uh, treatment for COVID. I I haven't been I I don't have an experience using them for parasites. Whereas, you know, it, the Alinea is a is, and fenbendazole. We have a lot of easy experience also against cancer. So, um, and and there's a lot of uh, research being done on those specifically against cancer. And I think that cancer is the product is the prototype here. I mean. You know, why that's the other. So when you look at parasites, the big picture here is it's responsible for a lot of diseases. We said, I think that we said that uh, we didn't know what they were caused by, you know, cancer is the one that first came to my mind because uh, Brian Artis was making the point that when you look in a microscope in a light microscope at cancer, like, uh, a, 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 you know, a bowel tumor or a breast tumor, adenocarcinoma or something. And then you look at a, a, a parasite egg sac, they look identical. And he was talking to a, you know, long-term parasitologist from Egypt and Egypt there, you know, when I was in training, they were considered the kings of parasitology because they have all this, these programs over there. They have all these parasites and they know about them and they, they're active at treating them. So he's talking to this guy and he says, you know, they look alike, but they look identical under the microscope. And this guy goes, you know, in 30, 40 years of being an oncologist or being a parasitologist, I've never had an oncologist make that connection, meaning a cancer doctor. But he said in parasitology circles, we talk about it all the time. Now, I translate as this. We know it. We're parasitologists. We think cancer is parasites, but we can't say that because we lose our funding. But now we're having doctors all over the world uh, affirm that. They're, they're doctors. There was doc, they're, there's a big documentary from Germany I have on my, it's a video I have on my, um, I, sh I should put it up on the website. I have a little bit in the parasite protocol there in that video I just put up to, to on my website about this. And it shows that cancer people, uh, when, when you, at the time you've been diagnosed with cancer, if you look at people's fresh blood smear, they all have little parasites in them. And that's what these can't these doctors were starting to notice, and they started writing about this until they I think they got shut up. But the the issue is that that's coming from a lot of different sources. Now it also explains one of the things when you have a theory does it explain what you see clinically? Well, what do we see? We see these young guys with cancer in the military cropping up after the vaccine. Now normally, and I was in the military for almost ten years, and you saw a kid with kid with cancer, twenty five year old guy. It's usually like a single thing. It's like a testicular tumor, send them the urologist cured, you know, done. But this time they're showing up after the vaccine and they're having, they're, they're multiple, they're, they're diagnosed with multiple metastases, like all over their body, they've got cancer growth. Well, it turns out that why would that be if it were a parasite? Well, because these are guys that have been in Afghanistan, they've been eating, you know, probably unclean food source, water source, and they probably got a pretty good dose over their life of parasites if they've been in the military for a while more than maybe their counterparts in civilian life, unless they're farmers, farmers, but farmers used to worm themselves. So now they go in, now they take this vaccine that drops out their, their sentinel immune cells, like the Roman sentries that are guarding the empire. These, these cells in your body guard against parasites, but they're now suddenly on vacation and you 
burst out and these parasite egg sacs start to grow. What do we see on an MRI? We don't see histology. We don't see cells. We see a picture with spots, darkened spots and light spots. And we just say, oh, based on that pattern, it's got to be metastases because we're in a paradigm where the paradigm is when you see multiple things on an MRI, it's a metastasis. We don't even consider the possibility it's parasites. In medicine, the joke is WNL. It's supposed to stand for within normal limits on your lab test, but actually we, it stands for we never looked. You know, we're just not thinking about it. But there are, the good news is there are people starting to look. And now here's, an, here's a great one. Dr. McDonald is a pathologist in Florida, apparently. I think he's still alive. He published an, a series of autopsies of multiple sclerosis patient deaths, okay? These are post-mortem examinations of people that died from multiple sclerosis. They too were diagnosed with an MRI that showed these plaques on their brain and their spinal cord. That's how we make the diagnosis. But guess what? Every one of those patients had parasites in the brain and spinal cord causing those plaques, 100%, wow. okay? Wow. Here's a trivia point from my time in medical school. And I can remember this because I went to a lecture on multiple sclerosis and I remember this risk factor. And why would this be the case for an autoimmune disease? That if you, you had an increased risk of getting MS in your life, if you had a lap dog in young, when you were a young child, like a small dog in the house when you were a young child, well, because they get parasites and so they give them to you and you got them earlier in life than the person that didn't have the dog. So that's what this is. So how do we go about getting them away? And the answer is you use you know, as much as big pharma can be evil, it does have some good drugs. Don't, we're not going to throw out the baby with the bathwater. In this situation, you know, kind of like we say in Iowa, even the blind hog gets the acorn once in a while. So they've actually made some really good drugs. And there's some of these are anti-parasitic drugs. People have pointed out all, all over the internet recently that if you look up ivermectin and cancer, just Google those two words together or search those two words together, you'll find that the National Institutes of Health has done multiple studies going of ivermectin and cancer. But we know for we already know that there's been an underground movement to treat cancer with fenbendazole, which is the Panicure C you can get at the animal store today. I mean, you can go down and buy it. Well, or I get it off Amazon, believe it or not, Panicure C. So anyway, you you and, and Grant Pharmacy has it in tablets, which is maybe a little more convenient or a little less chalky tasting. But you, you can, um, you, you, you know, they showed, so a friend of mine, in fact, this is, this is kind of God works in funny ways, you know, gives you little bits of information several years ago that you never, you don't know what it means, but you just put it away in the back of your skull. And then a couple of years later, another piece of information that locks into that one and then you go on and then you talk to somebody and you get more and it goes away. Well, a friend of mine, this, this is a uh, pastor, he got cancer about five or six years ago, I think, and he his wife discovered on the internet this whole fenbendazole.org. It's a whole group of people. It's been a, uh, a a program, and they've they've got you know how much to take, how you know for cancer now, and and it works apparently because so he took it, and even though yes he went to MD Anderson, he got conventional treatment. He kind of thought, well, the reason I did better than the other people, and I, you know, I don't know if he admitted it to the MD Anderson boys or not, but he basically took the fenbendazole along with his cancer treatment. Well, I'd known him for a couple of years and I, and, and I realized that he and most of these people are convinced that fenbendazole treats both cancer and parasites. So I had a discussion with him the other day and I said, 
I think you're missing the point here. It's that fenbendazole was the treatment. All that other stuff just poisoned you. Fenbendazole, parasites are cancer. Think about that. He said, you know, when I started taking that, I actually was better before I went down there wow. to MD Anderson. So that's where we are. And I think that now we have the reason doing it. I wouldn't just, I don't think people say, well, can I do it with fasting? No. Can I do it with um, uh, herbals? Well, you might be able to, but, but, but the problem is it takes too long. And right now with this artificial stuff, I think you got to get it out of you. And I don't know for sure that it's just, we can't be now Karen, Kingston thinks it could be in the air. I mean, I don't know. I find that a little harder to believe, but it's it could be dosed to you other ways. It could be in food to some degree. It would just take longer for the effect. And maybe now they don't care. They could do it that way. Well, but you know I, my feeling on that. I mean, I've already kind yeah. of said it, but even more so, I think that people that have been injected, what this aerosolizing of the air, of stuff in the air and the stuff in food, I think it's just the food that the... Um, hydrogel needs and it's giving them more food it's not affecting us much at all it we're expelling no it. I, so i think yeah. we're fairly safe there is another drug you mention um on your protocol which is albin uh, albin oh, albendazole albendazole yeah that is the human form that's that, that you can get but it's a little um i mean that's what if quite frankly although they wouldn't let us treat people with anti-parasitic drugs for COVID during that period of time when the illegals were coming across the border. They were given albendazole. That is a that is an anti-parasitic drug they give people, especially from South South and Central America, because they are usually infested with like pork tapeworm and things like that. So they kill it so that they're not bringing it into the country. That was the idea. And so that one, that's also that, that's when you could get your doctor maybe to prescribe for you. But personally, I just go down to the store and get the fenbendazole. I just know, I actually know more about the fenbendazole now than I do about the albendazole. So doctors tend to be comfortable with the drugs they use. I can tell you that the risk profile of both nitazoxanide and fenbendazole is very, 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 very low. I mean, in other words, the, the, they've dosed people at 10, 20 times what you would do for what I'm talking about. And it hasn't hurt them, you know, given, given massive doses of fenbendazole to people and it hasn't hurt them. So well, what caught my eye on albendazole, and I'm just curious if it's this, if this works as well with fenbendazole is you, you state here that albendazole is specifically for brain cysts and parasites. Does fenbendazole do that as well? Yeah, fenbendazole gets in in the cysts in the brain too. That's why, that's why, that's why they use. That's why they chose albendazole of the prescription drugs for these people coming from South America because uh, sister psychosis is kind of endemic, and that's a pork tapeworm that gets into the brain, and you can see it on MRIs. A white cyst. It's the number one reason for calcifications in the brain in Central and South America, and so that's why they use that. But it's just the human form of fenbendazole, as far as I can determine. Okay. No, that's really interesting. I think this protocol is fantastic. I'm going to reinforce to people here to get on your website and download it and go through it. It's, it's very easy. I was, I was on that um, website last night, which is, uh, what is that? Grant Pharmacy. Super oh, yeah. easy to locate stuff. And again, people have to do their own research. We're not advocating any cures. We're just talking about potential avenues to making yourself feel better. And um, definitely not, this has nothing to do with COVID. 
and it has no. uh, it has nothing to do with anything other than just making yourself a healthier, happier person in life. Right. right. <laughs> it's kind of and it's kind of like you know if it, look at what they're doing right now because of this false flag threat of nuclear war. They're passing out potassium iodide. Okay. This is the equivalent, in my opinion. It's like we're in a war. Let's let's wake up and let's treat ourselves for this war. You know, so everybody, it's it's for the people that haven't taken the vaccine, it's great because you're gonna feel better. I'm gonna tell you my own personal story. For for about five, I would say four years, even before for the outbreak of this mess, this fear, fear disease of COVID. I would start, I started having night sweats, and I wasn't hormonal. This was like really soaking the sheets all night, night sweats. And it kind of got, it grad, graduated up to that. It didn't start that way. It started mild and don't realize what's going on for a while. That's one of those bad things that we think of as a precancerous sign. So I'm probably one of the people that would have been diagnosed with cancer. And what I did was I, did, I started out with nitazoxanide. I took a three-day dose of nitazoxanide, which is six pills over three days. And boom, no night sweats. Haven't had night sweats since. Wow. Now, I, and and I will, t- but I will, having done this myself, I will caution people. The the video that I make, I talk to you about how to cycle. The reason that one of the problems I've seen is that that people don't really understand the point about cycling. There are some, there are all these websites out there. There are all the gets you very confused about parasite treatments. There's too many programs, in my opinion. Let's just keep it simple. And the answer is that. And, and this was true in my case. If you're really infested with proto- with parasites and you treat it, the first time you treat the parasites, you're going to kill the mother parasites. And keep in mind, these are not necessarily things you can see in your stool. You might, but you might not. These are then can be microscopic in nature, you know, or intracellular. I mean, you might not. These could be little tiny things. So, but you, but the mothers lay between 20,000 and 200,000 eggs a day. And all your life, most of those eggs pass out of you, but many of them get around and become insisted. So you have to treat both the babies and the mother. But what happens is when you do your first treatment with any drug you choose that's very effective against these things, it kills the mother parasite. And then the, the cysts start hatching out because the mother is producing a hormone that keeps those cysts from, from patching right? And they've just been building up in your body. Now, if you don't have very many parasites, this isn't a problem. But if you have, like me, a lot of parasites, now you've you've started allowing these things to hatch out. Well, no problem. I was doing like three days of treatment, five days off, no problem. But then I got lazy one time. And after a couple cycles, I did my third cycle. I did three days on and a month off. That's way too long. And what happened was I had killed the mother parasite. And now I gave it a month of time for all these little babies to hatch out. And then I killed them all at once. So I'm now sitting around with all these toxic dead parasites in me. And what happened? I got the worst cold of my life. I mean, I started sudden onset of sneezing. I mean, sudden onset. It was like three days after I took the drug, sudden onset of sneezing. I, my eyes watered, my nose stomped up like for three days. I, it was like the vacuum stop. You couldn't even swallow without this vacuum feeling. It was horrible. And then I got muscle aches and pains like you would have the flu, you know, what we think of the flu, which is also toxins. Again, we have to change our, our mindset here. When that kind of stuff happens to you, you've been toxified with something. In this case, it's dead parasites. And that's called a Herxheimer reaction named for the gentleman that described it with the treatment of syphilis. You you suddenly kill all these parasites swimming around and you get this reaction. And that was a classic problem with syphilis. So 
what what you need to do is do not suddenly lengthen the cycles. You start with a short cycle to avoid this. So you don't have too many parasites hatch out. You treat them on a regular basis. And after maybe six or seven cycles, then you try lengthening it out. Go to go to seven days, go to off, go to 10 days off, but do it gradually. Don't suddenly go from five days off, you know, three days on, five days off, three days on, five days off. And then you go three days on, 30 days off. That's a bad plan. So just go gradually. And if you're not having a problem, you can continue to lengthen the cycle until you're up to where you're just treating yourself on a maintenance dose once a month. And that's what that's what we're hoping so you, to do. you maintain a maintenance of once a month? I haven't quite gotten there. I've been doing this for six months, and I think I was so riddled with parasites. I'm still getting a Herxheimer. I get a mild, stuffy nose, cold, you know, sniffles, eye-watering if I go over three weeks off. So I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> no, this is a really – this is – there's a lot of questions that I'm going to have because I'm as I told you, it's, I'm getting this all in place because when I get back – this next week, it's, I'm going to be pushing this hard and getting on the cycle to do yeah. this over a period of time. You know, there's questions I have, things like, is this going to affect hay fever, for example? Is that we look at that as an as a histamine response, or is it is it related to to parasitics? See, that's, that's well, I might make it better because. Again, as the level of why doesn't everybody have hay fever? So some people have allergies and we don't completely understand allergies. And it may be like autoimmune disease, I'm pretty sure is parasites. Um, that's why hydroxychloroquine is used for um, uh, uh, lupus and for rheumatoid arthritis and things like that. But they don't cycle it. So it only works for a while and then it kind of doesn't work as well. Um you got to get the cysts out of there because as you have all these cysts, your body's immune system is on high burn. It's gone more and more activity. And then we, that, so it may just, it may just up your threshold so that now it doesn't take much to wheeze and have hay fever. You get rid of the basic overuse of your immune system. You get it. So it's not on high burn anymore. And maybe that goes away. Don't know, but it's not going to interfere with your treatment of, you know, it's not going to make a problem. I mean, if you have to take a little, and I, I mean, in general, I don't recommend any drugs that decrease the symptoms of detoxifying. And the symptoms of detoxifying are these fever, sneezing, you know, you, you, you poop it out, you, you, you uh, uh, sweat it out, you have a fever, you tears and all these different things. Those are all sneezing, all that. Those are all signs of detoxification. Rashes, that's a sign of a detoxification. One of the worst things in medicine that we have been taught by our, our non-thinking uh, physician mentors these days is have a fever, take, take, uh, take ibuprofen. Every emergency room, have a fever, take ibuprofen. Now, the jury's completely out, uh, completely come in with a verdict on that one. In India years ago, but this predates computers, they looked at polio and tuberculosis. And they showed that if you get a, if you get these diseases and you take something like ibuprofen or diclofenac, anything to lower the temperature, you increase death, increase paralysis, increase the length of the active disease. Oh, wow! And why is that? Because again, I have another video that I have on learningforyou.com.org at Sherry Tenpenny's site on the miracle of water. Actually, it, it I, it's not quite there yet. Um, it. Your every cell in the body is a charged battery, and that dipole battery in your cells is how you get rid of toxins. The water in your cells 
is like a gel. It's not, you know, if you, we say we're 75% water, but if you cut yourself, you don't leak out, right? So how is that water in your cells? It's like a gelatin. It's in a, the, the, call it the fourth state of water. And there's a doctor in Washington University that's done this, University of Washington. So anyway, it's, if you think of toxins like pepper, like, like little, little, like the, not the peppercorns, but ground pepper, and you mix it into gelatin, like jello, and you let it harden, you can't get the you can't get the pepper out. Now, if those are toxins in one of your cells, what does your body have to do? It has to heat up that gelatin a little bit so it gets softer so those things can come out. You melt the gelatin, you get the, the pepper out. You melt that your cells get softer when you have a temperature. The gelatin kind of allows the toxins get to get out. So when you take a, a temperature lowering drug, you're you're making your body harder to fight off the toxins. That's the point the point. So let's let's look at a protocol for overall body health and dealing with this type of, you know, post-pandemic, post-bioweapon environment, post-nano-parasitic world. Yeah. Um, you and I have talked a lot about this recently, yeah. so I want to kind of dig into this. We have kind of a baseline, which I might just call general body wellness, and what you and I have discussed is, you know, obviously your your basics of vitamin D and zinc and some copper possibly some in a nutrient booster, um, vitamin C, possibly an omega, if you're interested in that. And just, just kind of keeping your immune system at, at, a, at a baseline strong, right? Well, yeah. And I will say that there are 90 essential nutrients we all need. I used to do it with pills. I don't do it that way anymore. Now I just supplement a couple pills, but I, I use a balanced powder nutrition because they're 90 essential nutrients. So it's fine if you take the zinc and the copper and all this, but if you're missing one in that chain, you're not going to be functioning right. You're missing your, your metabolism is a chain of events and you've got to have all these 90 to work. So it's easier. I did the pill thing for years. Now I do a, a balanced uh, nutritional supplement and, and then I add that, iodine and D. Do you, do you offer something like that on your website? Yeah. Yeah. The medical rebel.com shop. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. And they, yeah. Okay. So you've got that obviously fitness and sleep and yep. eating well. Those are your kind of basic wellness package. Then right. we get into kind of the protocols of, of purification, I would say. So from there, yep. one of the things that I wanted to segue into this, because as you know, I really had been intense on using infrared sauna, IR sauna matched with hyperbarics. And though I know physio physiologically, because I've shared that with you, how it works well in my body, in the conversation you had today or the other day with me, which was the same thing you just explained, when we start to see how the IR sauna and the hyperbarics work, it is literally heating up the cell in the, in the, in the IR sauna, allowing it to expel the impurities or, or detox itself. And then you're giving the hyperbaric is giving it oxygen to regenerate. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah, that is. Now, it's not about just the heat, though. It's really about the um, it's about the the infrared sauna is like sunlight. This is why we get sick in the winter, because we don't have enough sunlight and we're keeping the bad hours using electrical lights to extend our days. But sunlight actually charges our cells directly. We used to say, no, your energy all comes from food. We're not plants. Well, in a way, I guess we are plants. We, we have some properties like that where the sunlight comes in and it charges our, 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 every cell has a positive and negative kind of dipole in it. And that is what expels toxins from the cell. 
if you let your batteries run down, if you don't get enough sunlight, don't get enough infrared radiation, your batteries start getting decharged. And that's what your infrared sauna helps put put, put into place. Interesting. Yeah, so, yeah. And then your oxygen. So you hit it, you know, you were kind of earlier on that than I was thinking about this hyperbaric oxygen, but you're right. It's good for everybody because it helps you get the healing to the area where right. you need and, it. And just to, to clarify, so as people listen, the distinction between hyperbaric and mild hyperbaric oxygen. Mild so hyperbaric, so M-H-bot yeah. versus H-bot. Um, H-bot, my mild hyperbaric is the one people should be zeroing in on. Not only is it more affordable for the home, but it's also the only one that allows you to use this regularly. And I do a, a pretty rigid regime. I'll move back and forth, but I'll go through a few weeks of like every single day, and then I'll back off and I'll do like three times a week. But it's you, yeah. you do have to be aware. It also dehydrates you. Both of those dehydrate you. So you have to really up your your water consumption considerably. Yeah, well, and and you're right. And the hyperbaric, ironically, the hyperbaric oxygen. If you you try and use insurance to go through a hospital and get hyperbaric oxygen, a friend of mine who's an ER doc who does hyperbaric therapy calculated how much they're giving in hospitals on these. They have the more rigid chambers it's toxic doses of oxygen. In other words, there is oxygen toxicity. It damages your lung basilar membrane and things because mm -hmm. it can give you some fibrosis and gives you some. So we've learned that with, if you're in the ICU, they know now not to give a certain amount of tox, a certain amount of percentage of oxygen for a certain amount of time. And if you exceed that, it's kind of like exceeding the dive tables. I mean, in the Navy, you had dive tables, you had the rigid things, you, you know, you have to do certain things and you have to be within certain zones and you don't go over or under that. Well, the, what's happening is the insurance companies won't pay the bill unless they literally give you toxic doses of 100% oxygen just never at higher, at too high pressure. So what you're doing on the, the you're mild, you're not doing three and four atmospheres. Yeah. You're doing 1.3 and 1.4 atmospheres. It's the perfect dose. And it, and it and is. And it's, and it's the thing that caught my attention when I first started looking at it was the fact that it was a long-term healing process, which yes, gives yes. the body, you're not trying to hyper-accelerate the body. And it definitely has positive effects. It's just quite amazing. So we've got that sort of, uh, that's one protocol for, for essentially cleansing and, and allowing the cells to rejuvenate. And then we have the, the protocol we've gone over here fairly extensively, which is the parasitic protocol, which is using your regime and the, the drugs we mentioned here to get rid of the parasites. And that's a, that's an ongoing issue, even when you get down to finally at maintenance. All of these yeah. things are a mate, go to a maintenance level, right? Right. Um, and you and I had also talked about the role of fasting, which I think has a, has a positive, even if it's intermittent fasting, but there is right. a role of fasting that definitely helps the body, again, rejuvenate and regain its strength. You have on your website available a GI um, cleanse that's a natural one that people can buy, correct? Right. And that's once you get the majority of the parasites off and you're not having the, the you know, again, when you're when you can stretch it out to three weeks off, you can start using that. And that may also help. But but really, I think that comes into play when you're in your when you're in your maintenance phase. OK, so that the GI cleanse is a maintenance phase thing. The, and I, again, I think the same even with fasting, other than intermittent fasting, which I think is just healthy overall. Yeah, every day. Yeah. And then we we added the frequency. Now and that's where we get interesting. Yeah. It is because this. I want to get into this a <laughs> little bit because 
Karen Kingston's really been focused on a specific frequency, and then you and I talked about another approach. But go ahead and talk about that a little bit. Well, I don't know what the frequency is, and that's what the thing I I have another friend that likes to use the Rife machine, and I said, well, the problem is you don't know right now. We don't know which frequency activates it. What we know is that there are certain things we can do to mitigate 5G and and not just 5G, but all the wavelength that's unnatural that's coming into us from the the outside, the satellites our routers, the big things in your house are your routers and your cell phone. Actually, yes, it emits it. But if you take your cell phone and you took it one arm length away from you and put it down it, and then you test on your chest, it's, it's zero. So distance is your friend for some things, but the routers and modems in your house, those are the big emitters and smart meters, which smart meters you can't measure because that's 5g. Um, and there's lots of tricks on that. I've got a, like I say, I've got a, an EMF thing, on my website um, symposium, and I sent one to Sherry Tenpenny's Learning for You. It's an EMF thing that should be up in a few days. Yes, I did that. So I took mine and I put just, I have the same tri-field. I put it on my chest because I have a bad habit. I admit it. I like to read my phone at night and I tend to do it like this and it's right, you know, right over my chest. And so when I put the thing on and I turned it on, I realized I was getting quite a bit of stuff on my chest. Okay. So then I moved it at a distance and it started going down, but it went down and down. And then it really goes down because it's the inverse square law, which is the radiation principle that if you go, you know, if you're, if you increase the distance by four times, the radiation decreases by four times four, the 16 times. So you, every time you move, you know, you tripled the the distance, it goes down by nine times. So you got to, so by the time you're an arm length away, the bottom line is it's zero. You know, you don't have any anything on you when it's an arm length away. So just get in the habit of not putting, don't put it in your pocket. Don't put it in your bra. Don't put it anywhere near you. When you're sitting around, if you're at a meeting, stick it under the chair or sit it, you know, but stick it. I like right now, I just stick it an arm length away. If I need to do something, I can reach it, but it's not next to me. And then I liked your shofar idea. I want, I want you to say something about that because there are certain healing frequencies, like now 528 frequency. I do use 528. It's the universal healing frequency. I listen to it when I'm like um, on the, you know, just doing some research and I can put it softly in the background on my computer. And I have a 528. I guess I took it. I had it upstairs, so I don't have it right here. But usually I have it right by my computer. I know what sites actually do 528. I put it up to my ear. I ding it and I can listen to the music. I know that that is a 528 hertz music I'm listening to. The 528s, I've had people in a meeting where I've carried this with me and they have knee pain. And as an orthopedic surgeon, I'll you know take a little history, look at the knee, and then I'll say, let's try this. And I'll dig it and I'll put it on there. And immediately the pain will be gone. Now, I'm not saying it solves any mechanical issues, but it does something. It heals tissue. It heals things. I mean, uh, that's that's um, Leonard Horowitz really has a whole book about the 528 frequency. And I think it's I think he's right. Well, the 528 is interesting. I don't, I'm going to have to research this. I don't know a lot about the 528. I know the 432 was the big one because that's what the Rockefellers changed the standard. We went from 432 to 440. And that yeah, came why out of World want War II and, and uh, Goebbels or whoever the yeah, propagandist love it. was. Right. So there's that. The shofar is what you and I were talking about. And I just found this interesting because as people are trying to target a specific frequency, and I think that what that ends up with is it's probably not difficult to remodulate 
a nanotech to another frequency, even if it's just a half step, and then and then you're not having any effect. But the shofar is what really caught my attention is if we were to use, say, in a room, you had five shofars blowing. I was just using that number because shofars, when they come together, they create a massive resonance. And it's, and it's really not only a beautiful sound, but it has an effect of, I believe, of healing. So it would be interesting to see, and this is what you and I had kind of come to, was instead of worrying about a specific frequency, to use a collection of shofars that were being blown and played around somebody. So you, obviously you're not going to do the Gideon 300 with a person in the middle. That's not going to work real well in a hospital <laughs> setting. It's a little, it's a little extensive. But I think that something around like three or five shofars in, in, a, in a kind of around a person that were blowing, I think has the, the potential to deeply heal the body and potentially disrupt this nanotech. And I think, again, this gets back to so much is in Scripture about this. It's a biblical solution that we haven't pursued yet. And I think we should, and I think that's where you and I had come to, is like this would be really interesting to do. Because that it's leads so us then to that kind of final step in cleansing, if you will, which is something I've been talking a lot about on the show, which is doing your cleansing of your heart and your spirit. So this one gets into the principles of repentance, which I think is a, a term that's improperly understood in a lot of circles because it's not about beating us down. It's literally about, I've been doing what I've called lately deep repentance. So that process has been literally going back in my life and walking my life back as far as I can remember. And as I step through that, going through the process of speaking out what that obstacle, that sin, that hook, whatever you want to, whatever you're comfortable spiritually speaking to it, you're speaking it out into the world, you're asking for forgiveness with it, and then you're calling upon the, the blood of Christ, the blood of the cross, to heal and to seal. And I'm using that term very specifically because it's the armor. When we are creating, in the spiritual sense, when we're having these hooks deep down inside, we're creating a wound. It's an open festering wound, which is an open place for demonic forces to come in. And, we're, and that's a hole in our spiritual armor. So as we call on the blood of the cross to heal and to seal, and we've asked for repentance and forgiveness for that action, whatever it is, it can be trivial, it can be big. Walking through, it's been, a, I will tell you from a firsthand experience, I've done this for a week now, and I've literally moved from my life from about two years old. And I'm, I'm right now, I'm somewhere around year 20, 2008 in my life. But I've been doing this for about 30 minutes a day, doing this focused. It's exhausting. It's truly exhausting work. But it's wow. the most freeing stuff you've ever felt. Because like you mentioned, when you were starting to take the parasitic drugs, wow. how it was you were feeling such a clarity in your mind. You were telling me that story. This is the same thing. And I, it's what's really amazing is, is I've walked through this process. And there's some areas you get into in your memories. You're like, this sucks. I don't want to deal with it. And that's exactly where you have to dig in. Because it's, it's literally, what I'm the way I'm describing it is we are unhooking from the parasite, the parasitic hook of energy in our heart and spiritual energy. Exactly. And we're moving ourselves Psychic into this parasites. clean space, which, you know, scripturally that works as we should be doing anyway. And we're repenting in that process to release it, to hand it over to Christ who has forgiven us for our sins. This entire process is not mechanical. It's deep. It's powerful. 
and you arrive at these points. And every day, the other day I was in some block of stuff and I was like, man, this absolutely sucks. And I was going through it over and over and kind of grinding on it. But as you dug into this one phase of, of one era in my life, I was like, I just kept asking the question, which is there. It's like, why is this such a dark space? And you may not get the answer, but the more you dig in, you start to find it's almost like the way I describe it is like having a burr in your shoe that you've forgotten about or ignore and it gets and it gets more painful and more painful and pretty soon that burr festers into a massive blister, flat festers into an infection, and then later you find out it's like, man, that was nothing. That was like a little burr, but it's created all this other spiritual gunk in there, right? And as we do this process <laughs> yeah, and we yeah. arrive, it, it, just like you were saying, this is the protocol of the hard work and then you do a, a maintenance and it's just a regular maintenance of when things pop up, you just, you go through a repenting process, release it, call on the blood of Christ to the blood of the cross to heal and seal. And I'm telling you, it is huge. I, I'm comparing it to how you first described to me the physical parasitic process which really frames our entire life. It is all parasites. It is. It's, we're literally in a parasitic war, if you think yeah. about it. I mean, wow. Everything that's going on in our life, spiritually, emotionally, economically, physiologically, education-wise in our mind, our, our faith, everything is about attacking us from a parasitic drain and that's what I believe is the only way they've figured out to ruin the perfect body system that God gave us because they drain it down so much. Our life shortens and ultimately our systems fail because there's just nothing in life energy left. That's my personal opinion. And, you know, look at how many times we've seen that just, just, you know, anecdotally and you know you see these people that lived into their hundreds and one of the things they have they just have an upbeat they're not depressed down people no they're they're they have purpose they have uh you know and they're and they've got humor i mean it's you know purpose and humor really help stop mm -hmm. the the negative drain about all this stuff and and then i think it's interesting that you said that you speak right. out loud the the issue because you know, in the beginning was the word, you know, the, the, the idea that the, that it's, that God spoke the universe into existence, that we are wavelength and you're speaking literally it's interchangeable with the, the thoughts and problems that you've had. And there, you know, Kate Shimarani taught me that she said, there's a whole program that somebody wrote a book about, about how, when you pray, you put your hands like this and whatever, but you, you say it out loud and you, you have to concentrate on those those episodes in your life, like you are doing. And she said, they tend to be like photographs. They're like those bad times, those things that take you to the dark spots that, that are hampering your immune system from functioning and from being well is, is that there's something unresolved in you, some unresolved, you know, problem or something you've done that you didn't, you know, that you feel guilty for or whatever. And they make like a photograph that you've now hidden and you have to make those manifest to get rid of them. So it's kind of the same idea you're talking about. Yeah, that's really an interesting point because you see this in, in soldiers that have suffered an extreme action, whether it's an explosion like an IED, a dramatic or very traumatic issue of, of saying being ambushed. It's what I, and I've done some work with this with soldiers and it's the, what I would call the trauma hooks, but you see it come up in many people's lives. If you listen to the um, patterns of speech, there are people that will 
tell a story and as you get to know them, they'll always go back to a particular incident. So, you know, um, January 6th folks are going to have this issue because they will talk to a story, but everything is going to loop back to January 6th and their time in jail. And it's a constant OODA loop that they're in that that anchors their immune system, their spiritual immune system is being drained because they can't free from it. So I think we all have those um, to greater or lesser degrees. And a lot of this is literally going through our lives and inventorying that. That's what I've been calling it lately is just inventory time. time And as we do this, I think truly with the protocols, my personal opinion, you know, I've talked about this exact thing is that, with the protocols we've talked about here, matching with the spiritual protocols of literally cleansing the heart and soul and cleansing your your physical body, I don't think there's much out there in a in a sickness realm that can't be conquered. Yeah, that's what that's what ancient medicine was. It was purification and detoxification, and now we'll have to include in that parasites. That's 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 amazing. It really is. So there's Dr. Sherry Tenpenny's been doing, I think, this wrist. Um, she's been doing some wrist collars or something to, to improve the heart. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's called ECMO. I'm not sure. I can't, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's, it's like putting on a blood pressure cuffs and it's computer driven by your EKG. And so you just lay on a bed and this thing gives you afterload to your heart at just the right, it, they squeeze at just the right time in your EKG cycle. So it perfuses your heart better and it improves your blood flow generally around the, around your whole system. And so it's, it's taking the oxygen. So think about this. It's like your hyperbaric oxygen works by giving you more uh, partial pressure of oxygen in your blood system, in your plasma, so that it can diffuse a little farther into these areas that are not getting oxygenated well. Another way to deal with it is to use these squeezing, and they're complementary. They both would work together. Great. Um, you you squeeze the the blood so you a little part you increase the pressure of the blood flow momentarily. You don't want you know this is not the way you get high blood pressure, but for momentarily you increase the pressure so it gets farther into the periphery, and it opens up vascular channels that were kind of closed down. And so that's it's acting kind of similar to hyperbaric oxygen. Well, and you had mentioned that people that had been having heart issues, even from the vax, are improving to some degree. Is yeah, that that's what she said. She said she's seen it. Wouldn't that again suggest a parasite? Yeah, I mean, I think that it fits everything. It really fits everything, um, it, with with the caveat that it also had these other talk, to- this other toxin of graphene and oxide, reduced graphene and oxide, which is stealing the. Um, stealing your your uh your electrons and it and it's and it's causing the inflammation too in the heart muscle i think so ultimately from everything we've talked about in your opinion and i'm i'm arriving have arrived at this opinion as well i believe we we're saying now basically that people who have taken the injection with a protocol of detoxification kind of we've gone over have a pretty good probability of being cured yeah, I think it's possible anyway, which is certainly it wasn't possible thinking about that they just damaged their RNA. If that's not right. true, I think we have a possible solution to getting people out of this. Yeah. That's, that's we'll absolutely see. incredible. We need to get some test patients and try this whole thing. I know, but I don't, you know, the problem I would say to people that if you've taken the vaccine and you repent of the of the decision, you need to do it as soon as possible. Don't let these things grow in you. Right. That's a big one. 
Yeah, don't let this stuff grow in you. And see, see, this is the problem. If if this is this could have been known. If you think about it, we've been dealing with this thing since, like you said, almost three years, right? This could have been known if all this money that our tax dollars go to the NIH and CDC and all these places, if they'd actually funded research that systematically looked at people with or without the vaccine and what's been happening. So let's suppose you looked at, you did a systematic study. You would probably see that people with the, that took the vaccine, or you might see people that took the vaccine that also took for one reason or another, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, whatever they thought to take did better. If that were true, that's a point in favor that this is the way out. But we don't know that because they never did it. We never looked. WNL. Yeah, right. And and then that's we didn't the next question. If, if this stuff is growing like that, these nasty clots, the real question is how does the body, and I'm assuming the body can do it, but how does the body break that down and expel it? And that's going to be one of the big issues, right? Well, that might be the big issue. And that's why you probably, there's a point of no return if these things get too big. And that's, you know, you just saw on, on the internet, there was this young kid reported in the news that he was like 12 or 15 years old or something and athlete and got, uh, you know, was having all this problem. And they put out, they took out this huge long, you know, clot from his his leg up into his chest i mean this was a huge like aortic thing that was going up into his common femoral i think and i mean that's that's just unbelievable we never saw stuff like that before they're making up excuses for it but you know ask you know vascular surgeons you ever see anything like this before no they never saw stuff like this before that's crazy well that's amazing well dr merrick it's been a great discussion um tell us again where everybody can find you well, uh, I have a Rumble show. I mean, a Rumble show. I have a Rumble channel, uh, The Medical Rebel, or you can look up my name. You find it. Um, and I've got a uh, Brighton show at six o'clock every Wednesday. It's live on Brighton.tv. And my website is TheMedicalRebel.com. Which I'm pushing out all the time. And then I'm going to introduce you, like I said, with uh, Dr. or uh, Pastor Dave Bryan. Right. Who's building up this alternative health clinic in Yuba and I'll get that over to you because that's that's another it's taking all these things in to try to put it into a place where people can go so that's going to be that'd be awesome that's what we need we need it and I'm thinking the hospitals we're going to my goal here is to make the hospitals become just surgical centers we'll always need surgery but we we the, a lot of the medical treatments that we've been getting have only been making us sicker and they should be collapsed I fully agree well we always close with a prayer and if it's okay we'll do a prayer absolutely Father, I want to thank you today for this very blessed meeting and just an amazing conversation again of opening up the horizons of of possibilities of cures and, and revitalization of health. We just thank you for all that you bring and on the con continued collective efforts that are arising out of this with the ideas that you're seeding so that we can begin to build a complete picture on the beauty of this, of how to restore this fantastic system, this body health system that we have and restore it to perfection. We ask that you continue to look over Dr. Merritt and all that she's doing. Bless her on this day of her birthday. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, there Thank we go. So I appreciate you spending your, your birthday here. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd have to I'd have to realize how old I was, so I don't want to do that. So I'm just kind of staving that off. That's I'm awesome. actually going to go out and get some infrared out in the garden today. That's I'm awesome. Undo end of the year gardening. So. That's fantastic. I've got to do the same. We're at the same point right now and get ready for a winter garden of some fashion. So 
Yeah. Well, Dr. Murray, yeah, Tom, I'd like to know how you're doing that. That's something I'd like to, to discuss sometime. We'll yeah, we do need to because I'm I'm preparing to do this with cold framing and just yeah. and certain and certain selections of of winterized type crops. So like fava bean is when you can plant in the fall that it's harvest in the spring. Um kind of looking at hothousing some tomatoes and and and, and vegetables i've already got kale going in over winter as well so we're going to keep that going so that sort of thing so i'm basically yeah. getting some of these crops are pretty hardy for the for the winter but making sure that we get a kind of a overbed greenhouse or and really the thing is not making it too big that's why i use kind of the right the cold frames idea which is a little lower to the bed and use that and and really going to push that hard this year because i think our food issue is only going to get worse it's coming. Yeah, it's, it's coming. Everybody needs to know how to can. They need to know how to how to deal like our ancestors did. That's Absolutely. Exactly right. Absolutely. Well, Thank have a very so blessed much. day. Have a happy you birthday. You too. Thanks. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. You. All right. God bless. Okay, bye-bye. Well, Patriots, that was Dr. Lee Merritt, which now this concludes the full interview. Two parts, which was first part was played in Bards FM at 6 p.m. Pacific. And then this is the second part here in part two, in case you missed the first. Patriots, this is just a really important time to pay attention to so many of these protocols and to really realize that this isn't just about physical health, but it's also about spiritual health. What we're The more we dig into this, we just really realize how intense this war has been waged on humanity. And this enemy understands the physicality and the spirituality that is necessary to compromise, degrade, and ultimately defeat God's perfect system and his perfect creation, which is us. So I would encourage you to listen to a lot of this again. Take very seriously the entire idea of both a cleansing physically and a cleansing spiritually, understanding that in this framing, as we're starting to look at this more accurately, this is very much about a parasitic attack on us on all levels and the more that we process through this ultimately in a spiritual sense always putting christ before us and using the power of the blood of the cross to heal and seal literally and to do the same processes in the parasitic and the physical body we begin to reestablish our power strength in this world as god intended so keep your head up and your eyes forward never bow to evil never relent always press into the fight God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, in, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow. For bended knee until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I wanna feel something I just wanna breathe again Dive into the deepest end oh.